Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win, including boosted same-game parlays for the upcoming NBA action after the football season. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's Bet $10, Win $200 offer. Just bet $10 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Bet 10, win 200 is not available in Michigan. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan... 1-800-270-7117. In New York, one eight seven seven eight hope ny Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Got a couple Super Bowl champions today. Mm. First, Macon and Chris will give you their little recap on Super Bowl 56. Then Andrew Whitworth is going to join us to talk the Rams this season, winning the Super Bowl against his old team, the Bengals, receiving the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, getting the block for Matthew Stafford, and his upcoming Super Bowl parade plans. He's going to talk about some teammates that might have a little bit of fun there. Chris and Macon are going to talk about Richard Sherman's comments regarding Matthew Stafford's Hall of Fame resume. Is it worthy? Is it not? Eli Manning will come into play there. Then Greg Gaines joins us. He's also is going to talk about the Rams Super Bowl win, getting to play next to Aaron Donald, watching that ball fall harmlessly to the turf on the last play, and maybe he's going to create a little Max Gaines. After that, we have a mailbag from you wonderful listeners. Thank you all very much. Have a great day. Take it away, Meg. Muncie, Indiana. Hello! Why Muncie, Indiana, though? How did that come to you? Just like that. Just like that. Into my head pictures, yeah. Nice. And sometimes it'll happen like that, Chris, where there is no rhyme or reason. A place will just pop. Want to do a layup line shuffle? Okay, ready? Yeah, you're up. Wild World, Cat Stevens. <laughs> Okay. Rock You Like a Hurricane, Scorpion. My kids love that song. High Hopes, Panic at the Disco. High Hopes, Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Night Changes, One Direction. Rough shuffle for MG. Damn, dude. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get embarrassed today. <laughs> it's just something in the air. 
Mansion on the Hill, Bruce Springsteen. Ever since I was a child, I can remember. Up all night, war on drugs. I like that song. Rainbow Stew, Merle Haggard. We already did that. We'll all be drinking that free bubble up and eating that rainbow stew. Low down. Boz Skaggs, bro. I got one Boz Skaggs song. Baby's in the running round, hanging with the crowd. Lonesome, ornery, and mean. Waylon Jennings. On a Greyhound bus. I'm gonna, go, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with the the Waylon Jennings, man. Waylon passed away. Um, I don't know. It was been like 20 years or something, a day or two ago. How do you? I mean, like, how do you say that eloquently? February 13th, 2002. Uh, his the anniversary of his death. 20 years. Uh, that would be one guy that I never got to see that I would have loved to have seen. He died in Chandler, Arizona, yep. where uh, L.A. Rams quarterback Bryce Perkins went to junior college. Now a Super Bowl champ. That's like a Kevin Bacon thing, huh? Yep. Oh, oh, by Scorpions. That's my nominee. Uh, Lonesome Honor and Mean. Two days after his uh, his 20-year uh, death anniversary, read. So just keep that in mind. Three yeah. days by the time this comes out. Scorpions are still alive. Keep that in mind. Scorpions. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Woo-hoo! Oh, my Woo-hoo! God. What do you Woo-hoo! have against dead country singers, yeah. dude? Boom. Do you hear that? Yeah. You might as well be a old actress six feet under. Huh? Good <laughs> choice, though. Terrible choice. My kids are going to love that choice. Da-da-da. When, uh, when I play the podcast to them, which I never do. In fact, I might try to keep the podcast secret, so never mind. But what I could do is tell them that Reed picked the Scorpions for them. Send this one out to Luke and Waylon. What's the other green light? The uh, Super Bowl ad, is that crypto? Crypto. Just tell them you work for a crypto firm. That's a good... It's called Greenlight. Idea. It's a good idea. And then I explain why we're, we're, we're not any more wealthy when it like goes to the moon. I was an employee. I didn't have any crypto, yeah. though. Make. Old-fashioned, good, bad, ugly? Yeah, 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 yeah. Put a bow on that Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 Super edition. Bow. Super Bowl. Um, I thought the game stunk. Yeah. You and I haven't talked about it. Yeah. Dramatic, sure, in spots. Yeah. yeah. But game wasn't terribly compelling. Interesting game plans. And by interesting, I mean not very good. Um, Thank God it was close, right? But it was close. Right. Kept our attention. Good off the bat, a slam dunk, Lose Yourself by Eminem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the, the halftime show. Yeah, that was a good. I mean, but I would agree with you before we, we get dive all the way into the halftime show. I do think that game from like a quality of watch, I would agree with you. I, it was dramatic. You know, there was plenty of storylines. There, You know, it was brutal. Fucking both quarterbacks were about dead by about halfway through the, the second half. Uh, I didn't know if they were going to get up after the next hit and uh, they traded some punches. Stafford's throw, that's a good for me. I did not realize just how no look it was Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of a, it was kind of a blur, you know, because they lulled you to sleep with no real explosive plays for what felt like the longest time. And then all of a sudden you've got a big one uh, and it happens to be a no look pass. 
And it's cool for him that we can analyze that and look at all the angles because if it hadn't ended like that, we'd be talking about that overthrow in the end zone that looked like he had the yips. Yeah, I would have been talking about that especially because I was seven yards short of a Van Jefferson. Uh, ah. yeah, new like, car. We, we were going to have a new car in here. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, it was like a big, it was a big uh, parlay. And we were going to wrap it and you were going to drive around town and then drive around the country and then drive around the world. That part cool. was uh, was going to be floated. Yeah, the game wasn't that great. I, I agree with you. Good for me. Aaron Donald making one of possibly the best five defensive plays in Super Bowl history. And it wasn't like a sack or anything. It was a pressure. And it was just like both those plays on third and fourth down, the run stop, that rush when your team absolutely needs it. Like that's what you dream about in the backyard. We talked about that Sunday night. And he came through and won his rush. So extremely strong, that but, guy. Like, <laughs> yes. But I was looking at the best uh, plays defensively in Super Bowl history. So I'm going to give you six, six here. And somebody, like, I know there's probably a, an early Super Bowl that I, I don't know. Somebody made some big defensive play. But in my adult life, there was Mike Jones. Who? The tackle at the one. You, you might be a head coach soon. There was a tackle at the one, Mike Jones, the tackle. Um, that kept Jeff Fisher from getting a ring um, and gave the St. Louis Rams the greatest show on turf their their, their ring. Um, you had the Tracy Porter pick six, which sealed the game against the, you know, against the, uh, the Colts for the Saints. That gave Drew Brees a ring. Uh, you had the James Harrison pick six before the half. And then now you've got the Aaron Donald and BG plays and the Malcolm Butler. Where do you put those plays like in order, kind of. Which AD play are we talking about? Aaron Donald's third down. Third down. Or fourth down. No, I'm talking about the fourth down. Okay. Because the third down to me is just as impressive. Um, oh, uh, yeah, 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 the run play. I mean, if you put them back to back, I mean, that's that's got to be up there. Because it's not a scoring play. Yeah. Um, game's over. You make the play, yeah. game's over. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Either it's a scoring play like Tracy Porter's or you know, you know, or James Harrison's, or it's a game kind of ending play. Brandon Graham, we had to go out for one more possession, but I do feel like the game ended for the most part on that play, even though it ended with a Hail Mary. Um, Aaron Donald effectively ended their chance to win a Super Bowl, and he did it on the heels of a play he just made on, on third down. I think you gotta put Malcolm Butler probably won. Correct. 88% win probability before. And then, and then the James Harrison play, because of how unreal it was, maybe two for me. Those are the only two I can see that I can rewind in my head. Malcolm Butler and James Harrison. Mm -hmm. I got to put Aaron Donald probably in that top five to six, but on the back end. That play the other night was awesome. It sealed the game. But these are some amazing plays we're talking about. James Harrison, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. I got another good for you. Yeah. I made one wager on the game. What is it? Matthew Stafford over, over rushing four and yards. a half rushing yards. And one rush for seven yards yep. on the second drive. And then one, thank goodness, there are only 39 seconds on the clock-ish. Yeah, 39 seconds. So we took one knee to go to three, two for six, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, since he did not call a timeout, Thank goodness, because if they had, he you takes another, take another knee, knee, he might go back two yards, and you then I'm back to four. shit out of luck. 
So that was great. You're sure over. And we were here thinking you lost that bet. Oh, really? Yeah, momentarily. We did. I was aware of the bet. I texted Kingston, yeah. Nobody was celebrating that you lost the bet. We were all sad for you. That sounds sarcastic. I muted the Chris Long and green light feeds during the Super Bowl so I could <laughs> enjoy Twitter during the telecast. Um, no how thoughts. about Greg getting the bag? Yeah. Greg getting the bag. Uber Eats. You know, like getting actually paid in a big commercial with our friend from White Lotus, the you know Stifler's mom. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. I yep, think. Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Yep. Jennifer Coolidge and Greg. Tanya McQuad. Yep. Tanya wow. McQuad. Why there McQuad? Some, Why not McQuaid? I don't know. McQuad. Um, also, you were going to mention the halftime show. Lose Yourself by Eminem is always a good thing. I, was he really kneeling for Cap? That was the deal. I don't know. I really. I, mean, I think. I think he. There, we had heard Sunday night that. Oh, I didn't realize he knelt, and for I a had heard. While. Yeah, I had heard that the NFL had shut that down. Um, but that just seemed the way it was getting out was too weird. On Sunday night, it was reported that the NFL like didn't want him to do it, but then just yesterday, the NFL said that they were aware of it and had no problems. Yeah, I believe well, that they can't more than say the I mean, first one. Well, no, I, I think the NFL has no choice but to say that they can't well, say like he. Are they rehearsing and then Eminem takes a knee and the NFL's like, you better not do that because this player a few years ago was standing up for social justice and it was a whole big mess. So don't you dare kneel. Well, I think how it goes maybe is that like the producer of the show like has to do this in front of a bunch of people and probably gets leaked to the NFL or they ask the NFL for permission instead of forgiveness later and now here we are but people take knees and prayer all the time i know but there, there's kind of you know like the Ka Ka colin kaepernick didn't get blackballed from the church for sure and maybe eminem said hey i'm going to take a knee for colin kaepernick if he did that i didn't see it at yeah, any rate but anyways good I, for him <laughs> good for him oh good for him sorry good for him good for him no i mean like that halftime show i called it the other night the, the greatest one ever i started not a debate. It was more of like a pylon of Prince fans that say, bro, you forgot about the Prince uh, show. I don't know if you remember the Prince show. I do. I went back and watched it. Okay. I can see what you guys are saying, but I will say this. If I wanted to see a concert, I'd go watch a concert. That's a better musical performance. I don't even go to rap concerts. The reason I liked that fucking halftime show the other day is because it made me feel a certain way. I think it had, you know, it was uh, a lot of it had to do with my age and um, the, the good mood that the Super Bowl brings. And it was just an event, dude. You had Snoop, Dre, LA, you had Kendrick. I hadn't seen Kendrick like do something that, you know, big with that many eyeballs in a while. I didn't, I didn't care for that tune. Wasn't familiar with that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could have done without Kendrick Lamar. I could have done without Mary J. Blige. What, what's, what's your problem with being all right? You got something against being all right? Frankly, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Kinda, <laughs> that might be it. I'd, um, I'd begrudgingly wake up every morning. And so, you know? and so the Prince, the Prince deal was awesome. Went back and watched it. There was CCR. Um, there was Foo Fighters. I mean, the guitar is incredible. Prince she, is a great musician, who I will concede I'm not that into, but Prince is a great musician. Purple uh, Rain. Now, he, on that topic, a lot of people were like, dude, it rained during Purple Rain. <laughs> no, 
he played Purple Rain while it was raining, man. Like, it was raining the whole fucking day. Pe- like, people in my mentions were acting like... Oh, come on, man. Purple Rain came on and just started thundering, dude. It was a torrential downpour in greater Miami for the better mm. part of 48 hours there. They could barely play the game. You really did a deep dive on that. I just looked at it on YouTube. Hey, uh, Shakira was awesome. How quickly we forget. Uh, I saw Justin Timberlake do an ode to Prince in Minneapolis. Did you? Likely the the year he died or shortly after he died. Justin Timberlake's still with us. And, I know. I know. You no, know, yeah, JT's yeah. still with us. He was doing mirrors and such, mm-hmm. but also did a little, maybe even it, it was Purple Rain. Uh, there was a Michael Jackson, was there not? Michael Jackson halftime show? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one was very good. It yeah, was very it just, good. And it we, felt good. We young millennials realize we're now old people. No question. No question. They are marketing to us now. I did, apparently, the, the entirety of the third quarter, I did. Do, 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 do. And my lovely wife said, stop. You were just doing that? You have to stop. Yeah. It was a sick halftime show. Set was dope. Set was dope. That's part of it. Like, you know, the Prince set was cool, and but it was about the music. So, yeah, I mean, like that—that that might be ugly. The you know how ugly it was in my mentions, but I, I, upon further review, the call on the field stands, man. It stands. Another good Super Bowl up fifteen million viewers, right? Like from last year, pretty much. So, I mean, huge ratings. All hail the shield. I mean, fuck. And football podcasts. Yeah, all hail football podcasts. I mean, like, think about this. I think you had one field goal game last year uh, in the playoffs as a whole. You had three field goal game winners in the divisional round this year. You had five one-score games, I think it was, last year in the playoffs. The divisional round was, I think it was four one-score games. I mean, even the blowouts this year were entertaining. But divisional round this year, number ones went out for the first time, both of them in over a decade. So you get, you have that divisional round with the, you know, kind of the parody, and then you have three kicks to win and an overtime walk off in the snow. I mean, that was your divisional round this year. And you get the Bills Chiefs game. This was an awesome playoff. And uh, it got capped with a, at least a close Super Bowl. Like I kind of agree with you. It wasn't a high quality game, but the storylines were thick with two C's. And we had this whole playoff and a big rebound from a year where it wasn't that entertaining last year. Yeah, a bad for me, called an ugly. That damn Super Bowl logo went from the 18-yard line to the 32-yard line. I did not even notice. The 18 to the 32 Mm. on both sides. So it took up a total of 28 yards of the field. And so you look down quickly, you think somebody's at midfield. Nah, the shield was at midfield. They're just playing on logos all the way down. Didn't care for it. Make that logo smaller. You know what? You're right. Kyle was saying that too. Yeah, Kyle was saying that, wasn't he? Kyle? Kyle was in studio. That's a good for me. Had Kyle in studio. Guy looks huge on the camera. I kept catching the camera. um, Well, he was a little higher too. He looks like a bear sitting on a small seat. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really do look like um, Russian dolls, as Nate was saying. I don't know if we're saying that correctly. What's the other term for the Russian dolls? Nesting dolls? Nesting dolls. Nesting dolls. Yeah, no, they're fucking big, and they're right there in the high red. And also, 
the L and the V and the I, the L, the bottom of the L was supposed to be the bottom of the Lombardi, but it didn't quite work. It was supposed to be translucent, and yet it wasn't. It looked like IVI sometimes. If you're going to make these sterile, cruddy-looking logos, at least make them read the right letters. Oh, I'll give you a bad. Kanye got booed, but his kid was in a Howie Long jersey. That's cool, I think. That's good and bad. Now, it, I hate to see somebody in a Howie Long jersey getting booed, and I hate to see Kanye's kids getting booed, but they weren't booing Kanye's kids. And I didn't, was Kanye was wearing the mask with the holes in it? I think so. Yeah. I, I just, I really want to know, like, what I really want to know, my biggest fly on the wall is what went into selecting that Howie Long jersey? Was it, like, just on the table, you know, in the suite before the game? Was is Kanye West like my dad, dude? Is that like a thing? Uh, or is somebody in the family a big Howie Long fan? What happened there? Yeah, well, Raiders is iconic, and they have a great jersey. I yeah. mean, and if you're going to pick a Raider, who are you picking? It's either Howie Long Howie or Long. Marcus Allen. Who, Fred Belitnikoff? Stork. Ray Guy? I don't, I don't even know. know if he was a Raider. I don't know. Be a pretty cool jersey. Bo Jackson. Oh, right, Bo Jackson. Yeah. But yeah, that okay. was cool. I got something that's not not so good. The officiating, people are saying it's a wash. Well, yeah, it's a wash, but it's still bad calls. It's like a bidet wash. R- right. I mean, Jalen gets his head ripped around. That was a miss. And then the Logan Wilson hold is a terrible call. Yeah, it's a bad call. They're both bad calls. I, I agree with you. I Logan agree with Wilson, you. such a good game. Marred. And, and can you imagine if that's a fourth and eight? Yeah. Game-changing call. Uh, yeah, incredible. I mean, they, they both were bad calls, and I do feel like it was a wash, but it was bad. Yeah, um, bad. I got a bad LeBron trying to get a parade because <laughs> yeah. because COVID, Disneyland, that title run kind of sucked. Like LeBron's like, hey, guys, I think we should all do a parade together. Bring the Dodgers, too. They'd have the Dodgers so far back. Dodgers would be on, like, the, the last Clayton Kershaw would be back there. Like, why are we here? Total wingman. LeBron just wants a parade. 26 and 31. Ninth place in the West. Yeah. But let's have a parade <laughs> for that Mickey Mouse bubble tournament. Well, a good would be Andrew Whitworth. Oh, this just came to me. Are you two the only ones to win Walter Payton Man of the Year in the and Super Bowl? Your old team in, in the, the same Bowl. year? And be true. And be true. Well, you're going to have to be that. Yeah. And potentially retire afterwards. You're <laughs> <laughs> and not get to wear the Walter Bateman yeah. the thing. We'll find out. Fraternity of two. Maybe we'll find out. And you might want to stick around. I mean, we've not one champ, two champs. We've got Greg Gaines, number 91 for the Rams. Uh, he's going to join us after. Now, it's going to be confusing for, for y'all, but this is peek behind the curtain. We recorded Greg Gaines first, but Whitworth is going first in the podcast. Everybody good? We're on the same page. It's a little confusing for us uh, in the studio sometimes, too. So, Big Wit here, and then Greg Gaines. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, 
recovery, focus, and aging. And it tastes great. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. I recommend it to the whole Greenlight crew, especially Cowboy Reed. And now everybody's feeling spry. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens is also a climate-neutral certified company. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I got Andrew Whitworth here, um, another world champ. We just had your boy Greg Gaines on just a moment ago. Oh, man, it's a special human right there, you know. <laughs> Nothing, nothing better than uh, when you look over there sometimes and the defense is doing a walkthrough and he's gotten hot and he's out there in a tank top doing uh, his old motorcycle tank top, you know, doing D-line drills. He's, he does a tank top uh, walkthrough guy. He's a tank top walkthrough uh, guy. Uh, he'll, get, he'll get hot in the jersey, just take it off, just let it all hang out, you know, just. Does Greg Gaines think he has a nice body? Oh, no. He just doesn't care. Okay, okay. He, but yeah. here's the deal. This is a podcast and we can edit. So Andrew Whitworth will be put ahead of Greg Gaines in the podcast if you're willing to announce your retirement right here <laughs> on this show. No. no <laughs> okay. No, right. Gaines, Gaines is more the guy that you're like <laughs> he tried. shocked. You're shocked more with Greg whether he actually, why he even wears gloves or cleats. Like you would kind of totally think he just goes out there barefoot. Yeah. No gloves. He seems like so a no-glove guy. Down. You you, oh, yeah. you just played a no glove guy in Trey Hendrickson. That was a battle, huh? Like he's a pretty yeah. good player. I thought you did a pretty good job. I was like, he's so fucking twitchy. I, I didn't, you know, like that's a real challenge. Talk to me about blocking Trey this Sunday. Yeah, man, he's an unbelievable player. I mean, I've, I've been uh, impressed with him for a long time. I mean, when he was in New Orleans, I kind of saw him similar to Shaq Barrett. He didn't get many ops, just like Shaq was when he yeah. was in Denver. But he was the guy that you always kind of walked away from the game, like man. That guy can play. He just doesn't play many snaps. And so it's like he only gets these third down ops. So if he doesn't win, you don't hear his name a lot. And that's how he was in New Orleans. And then all of a sudden they get some guys hurt. And that last season he blows up and kills it. And then, you know, Cincinnati signs him. And he obviously he has, you know, you know, does it again and uh, has another amazing season. And I, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be a really good rusher and, and obviously sets the tone for those guys defensively with the effort he plays with. He's he's a special one. He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be a big difference maker for that defense for years to come. Absolutely. Is that a team that you're like, you know, it's been five years now. I don't remember how you left. I'm, I don't know if it was, it was a, you know, it was cordial or not, but you see them two weeks ahead of the Super Bowl and you're like, okay, what's your first thought when they win that football game? When you realize you were going to play the Bengals, like, is that one of those things where you're like, I don't hate the Bengals, so there's no draw in playing your old team? Or are you like, this is going to be fun? Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be fun. I mean, to me, it's kind of one of those things that for 11 years I'd been there and, and done everything and, and had a lot of opportunities to, to win a lot of football games and, and have a lot of awesome teammates and, and love the city and be so em embraced there. And, 
and us to be so involved in the community there that it's just a special place to us. So we kind of saw it as more like, wow, we could never draw up, you know, my, my last game possibly ever uh, any better. I mean, how yeah. can you possibly do it? And so it's like, to me, that was kind of one of the draws where it was like, man, this is just honestly, it's, it's kind of no stress because it's kind of like I feel a little part of both places. Um, I can't wait to just go play in the game, try and compete and win um, because I really actually love both teams and, and and love a lot of the people in both buildings. And and so um, I thought it, for me, it was like, man, it was just an unbelievable two weeks. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the thing people don't realize. A lot of the staff and people, you know, they stick around. So it's a lot of those folks. A lot of the people I'm looking at, like I'm excited for Merg, who's holding the sticks for you guys. I'm excited for Reggie, the trainers and those guys. And the fan reception was pretty great for you, like with the Cincinnati fan base and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was awesome. Even, you know, after the game, I, I left and um, went to see my family outside after we celebrated some in the locker room. And ton of Cincinnati fans around got to take a bunch of pictures and kind of just see some of them and then them love me up a little bit and it was cool to have some of those interactions been a long time since I've seen some of them and um so that was fun to do and and then yeah like you said all the kind of people that you don't think about that you know are still there and still have something to do with the team and even the equipment manager who was like the third or fourth guy when I got there in 06 is now became the equipment manager and then now is like the football ops guy. Oh, and nice. so it's like cool to see him. Like he yeah. was the young buck, like coming in like me, like a rookie, you know, six. And now here he is running football ops. And so it's just, it's just neat to see some of those guys in the positions they're at now with the organization. And, and uh, you all kind of came up together. Um, that was, that was pretty cool to see some of those guys. And then, you know, two days earlier, your name, Walter Payton, man of the year. So big congratulations. I text you, but one of the best people, man, for people listening out there, you know, when I did, I always talk about when I did that literacy uh, fund a couple years ago, Big Wit just stepped up, you know, you and me had played against each other, but we hadn't had a drink off the field, hung out for more than five, 10 minutes. And for you to just step up, told me a lot about who you were and, and who you are as a guy and all the stuff you've done off the field. So what did that feel like to get your name called and like talk about the kind of the build up to that and, 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 and going down there and trying to focus on the game, but also that award popping up on Friday night or whatever it was. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, you know, you think of um, all the different things you get to do throughout your time in the league. And, and uh, for me, really, it's just, it's exactly what I talked about. It's just like little investments in people and places and teams and everything else um, that kind of add up over time and, and lead you down certain roads and so for me, those those two weeks was it was really special because not only was I nominated for that award, but a little of that was wrapped in Cincinnati and a little bit was wrapped in, in L.A. Because, I mean, I really yeah. and my career there and started going to boys and girls clubs when I was a young player, like going to visit kids and stuff at schools. And then that grew into running different things and being a part of different charities and groups and funds and all those things over time. And so it was really a synopsis of all those things kind of put together into two weeks was just uh it was crazy. Yeah. And then to have Walter Payton man of the year come up and like, all right, now you got to put the speech together. Um, think about all that kind of stuff. And you also are playing in the game. So yeah. How long, a, how long did the speech take with, how long did getting the speech together take? Honestly, for me, I've kind of, um, I've always felt pretty comfortable with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it really, I read, I sat down Tuesday afternoon, uh, that week and they were, I think they made like three or four of us submit speeches and um, I just kind of sat down, you know, after I get done taking care of some stuff with the body and stuff like that on Tuesday afternoon, I sat down by a fire pit and 
kind of wrote down some thoughts and um, really just kind of went off the top of my head and then just used kind of the prompter just for, you know, if I'd forgotten something I wanted to say. That prompter is big though. For those who haven't heard it, tell the story of Derek Barnes. Yeah, that was a great, a great little aside. Yeah, I mean, really special. It's uh, so I was literally, we played Detroit kind of mid season, I believe it was, or maybe early in the season, actually probably week five or six. And, um, I literally like during the game, the part I didn't get to include is like during the game, we'd have TV timeouts, you know, and you can kind of see each other, whatever. And I see this like younger player and he's kind of like always trying to make eye contact with me during TV timeouts. Cause a lot of people don't know this about me unless you've watched me play. I don't ever face the huddle. So I don't ever turn into my offensive huddle ever in a game. I grew up kind of martial arts and stuff like that. So I love to like face who I'm playing at all times. So I'm always making eye contact, staring at the defense. And over time, I've learned how to watch them. You know, Chris knows this, talk about their games or their D-line coaches signal them mm -hmm. stuff, whatever it is. So I'm paying attention to all that the entire game. And I just kind of listen through the back of my helmet to what the quarterbacks have to say. And so I'm like watching him and like I can tell he keeps trying to like look at me and I'm like, I'm like kind of nodding at him throughout the game. And then the game ends and I see him start just darting for me. And I'm like, God, this dude, I like, is this like, I can't think of whether I played with him, like his brother, or like, is he a coach's son or a player that I've played with? Or did something? I wrong him? Yeah. Like, did I do something like, I'm like, God, is this a kid from LSU that I don't recognize? Yeah. Like, I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. And so he runs up and it was really cool. Like he knew I wouldn't know who he is. So he took that stress off. He just walked up and he goes, Hey man, just stop. You're not going to know who I am. And I was like, wow, man, I was sitting here stressing. <laughs> so it was really cool, like, wait for us to start our conversation. And then he's like, no, dude, my name's Derek Barnes. He's like, I used to spend so much of my time as a young kid with you. You would come to Boys and Girls Clubs on Tuesdays, your off day, and just hang out with us, and, like shoot some hoops or sit on steps with us and just tell us about stuff and your life and your experiences and stuff. And he's like, that meant the world to me. And I wanted, like, I've been just waiting for this game all season because I'm a rookie. I made the team. I made it in the NFL. And, like, I just wanted to tell you, like, I made it. And I wanted you to see me and know that that was me that you put time in with. And I was like, man, just blown away. Mm, mm. And I, I didn't have any words for him. I just kind of like gave him a hug, told him how proud of him I was. And I was like, I remember getting in the locker room later and I got our PR staff to, like, reach out to the lines. I was like, I want to get a hold of him. Cause I was like, I don't feel like I said anything. Like I was just like <laughs> frozen. I, I didn't know what to say. You yeah. know what I mean? Just a cool moment of like, wow. Okay. And I kind of in that round, in that time is when they nominate you for Walt Street man of the year for the season. And so that kind of was happening all at the same time. And I was just thinking, man, like, wow, what a full circle moment of like getting nominated for this. It's the fifth or sixth time I've been nominated. And then really him kind of sharing this with me and it goes all the way back to 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just a wild deal. And then he recently here has tweeted a picture of us actually uh, when he was a little kid, um, us hanging out in the backyard somewhere like outside the boys and girls club throwing the football or something. So that is neat. so cool. And probably makes you feel kind of old a little bit. Oh, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> so you know? Probably just a little bit. I mean, like Luke's 19. So I'm like, geez, I, I mean, technically you could be running up to me. Tell me I might be your dad. I'm yeah, like, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, Who, who's the guy you played with that, that would, that would make you feel really old that like was the 15 year vet when you got in the league in Cincy. Uh, well, Ted Washington was the nose guard. Holy shit. You wow. Yeah. yeah. I got into the NFL. And, uh, mm -hmm. I had Dante Hall on my team. That was yeah. pretty cool for like the first camp. All right, so you're getting ready for the Super Bowl, 
And I, I could never ask you this question as, you know, as your buddy, like, had you lost this game because it's too painful is what I hear. But, like, what's it like losing a fucking Super Bowl and how did that weigh on you going into the second one where you're like, Rob Ninkovich told me, like, he goes, you'd rather be 1-15. in 15. So was that first Super Bowl weighing on your mind or did you use it, like, positively? I think we used it positively. I think it was one of those things that uh, we kind of felt like, I remember feeling when we played that game, like we almost kind of thought, all right, we were so good during the regular season. We played really well. We had this break against New Orleans at the end of the game. We don't make a call, but we thought we were the better team in that game. And, uh, you know, and it was like one of those things where it kind of felt like we thought we were just going to show up and play. Yeah. We're just going to show up and play and we're going to win the game. Like yeah. it's just, you know, it's, it's like one of those feelings. And I can remember this one. It was more about enjoying the moment, enjoying the week, kind of knowing what we were. And that was really, if you look at our season, just the mental toughness level of just a lot of things, losing guys, games not going always how we wanted them, but always finding a way to have a drive or have a moment where we could find a way to win the game. And it didn't have to be pretty. And I thought in 18, we were that kind of team, but we kind of lost that. Like somehow we forgot that that was just part of it. Like you you had to find a way to win those games in the fourth right. quarter. And in that game, we just thought it was going to be a route. And it was like, oh, man, we're going to just play our best game ever. And we're going to win the Super Bowl walking away. Right. And reality is, is like when you get in that game, those two teams are so good that three plays might literally be the difference in the entire game. You know, and and I think that we had more of an attitude in this one, like, hey, you know what, just whatever it's going to take, uh, we'll figure it out as we go. And then sure enough, you get in the game, you start losing players, <laughs> people are going down. We're, we got our third tight end in the game who hasn't played any even remote significant snaps. Yeah, that changed, that changed your offense, didn't it? Oh, massive. I mean, you lose Higby, that's a massive loss. But then Kendall Blanton comes in, he's barely played, and then he gets hurt. Yeah. And now you're going to a guy who's only played special teams and Bryce Hopkins and really played maybe two or three snaps of real football. You know, and now you're in a game-winning drive, and it's like, all right, well, you know, I hope this kid knows what he's doing because he hasn't played much. But did you you change what y'all did, like, offensively with the loss of tight end, with the loss of Higby? Yeah, I mean, I think you you knew you were going to have to throw it a little more just yeah. because not that he's not capable of it, but you don't know how well everything's understood. You don't know, like, hey, well, how many situations do you want to right. put him in? He might be at the point, right. and there's some decisions to make. And obviously, they were playing us a little different in the run game, how they were doing stuff and bringing their safeties down and rotating and stuff. And so we're kind of like, you know, you knew you were going to probably run it more. And plus, he's more of an athletic catch, pass, catching tight end. That's his deal. Um, that's why he's here. And um, so I think that you kind of knew that was really what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we we got it done. And I think that's a symbol of, of kind of just the, what the team was all about. It's just that, that attitude of we'll find a way to win. Was there one play that people don't think about that was really key for you guys offensively on Sunday? You know how there's always that one or two, like whether it's a conversion or an, uh, some hidden yardage y'all picked up. Yeah, I think you look at it probably, um, you know, everyone points I've already seen, like, you know, obviously Stafford's no looker to, to Cup is a big, huge play. Um, the fourth and in, fourth and one conversion by Coop on, on our kind of jet sweep action, you know, big play. But I thought what was a sneaky kind of big play for us down there was when Cam Akers, you know, got like six, seven yards there on one of those shotgun runs down mm-hmm. there like a you know, second and medium. Mm-hmm. And it kind of put us in that situation where you're, you know, because a lot of people don't realize this, that 14 and in 
yardage range when you're, you're first and 10 at like the 13 or the, the worst that's the worst for you know it's like man for an offense it's brutal yeah. there's just there's not gaps there's not big windows to throw it in you know the run game the safeties are up tight like you really that's a tough window and so that big run he had there to kind of get us down inside the eight seven yard line with first and 10 really it was like all right ooh, stress is off nobody now matthew doesn't have to try and fit a window he doesn't feel comfortable with to make a game winning throw on third and 10 now you're inside that window where there's like everything's up and that really i thought kind of relieved some stress there on that drive and was a huge play for us talk about how banged up like the quarterbacks got in that game it was so physical weddle was out there playing with a busted up you know wing uh and he he was a month off the couch i'm like it's incredible but I, i'm looking at you know stafford's entire season and i know a lot of times now and this is a new thing in the nfl like when I was hearing the NFL, nobody had any agents to tell people what was wrong with you. But when when I heard what was wrong with Stafford, I actually believed it. Like, because generally, he's been like he's had to deal with a lot of shit through his career. And I just know like some of the hits he took against like Jacksonville, and like he was probably banged up. How banged up was he now that the season's over? Can can you let us in on that? Like, you don't have to tell us specifically. Yeah. Was he fucked up? Well, I mean, I think you look at his career, he's had some really significant injuries in his time in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about significant stuff is like, yeah, you get past them, but they're not going away. I mean, they still exist. So when you start getting through a season like this where, you know, you're getting hit and, and you have opportunities where we're playing in big, big games, like I always tell people, I mean, the people who think that there's not a difference in like the teams who were two and, you know, 14 every year yeah. and when you're 14 and two, yeah. it's a massive difference. It's when you're playing big football games every week and you're playing the, the number one team out of every, every division, uh, playing big games on Monday night football and Sunday night football, there's just a whole different juice to it. And mm -hmm. it's a different kind of game. And so you, you're playing in big, big moments, a lot on the line. And uh, you're going to have moments like that where he's, he's having to fight through stuff and be tough for us. And uh, I couldn't have walked away from it being more impressed with just his level of toughness and his level of just like, who cares? I mean, he never once complains. He never tells a soul right. like he just rides like you'll get up. I, You know, it's like you stop a play. I look, I find him like, oh, man, there he is, like on the ground. You help him up. And it's like the dude like needs a rocker to get off the field. You know, right. and it's like. But he, he don't say a word. He's Buddy like, Lee, he dude. Fly. He's got Buddy Lee energy. He just throw him off a building. He's good. And um, he does. And he just like walks to the sideline. He's like, oh, I'm like, dude, are you okay? He's like, oh, I should have got rid of it a little sooner. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's all he has to say. It's unbelievable. How Makes you want to block for him. Oh, dude, it's uh, you can see like that's one thing being around him. You realize how magnetic he is. Yeah. Like, there's so many people. Uh, his circle is so big. There's so many yep. people that are every game for him that are his friends and family and everything else. And it's not like a, him trying to get people to the game. It's like all these people just want to be around him. And you can see why, just his attitude and how he carries himself. Yeah, he he he's incredible. I'm so happy for him and so many guys. I mean, like I just mentioned Eric Weddle. You, you had a magical weekend. Aaron Donald has a ring now. I mean, like it just validates what's already damn near a perfect career for him. Uh, it, it really did feel like a little bit of a fucking movie. I mean, just everything that happened for y'all. But before it all, and we kind of touched on this, I can remember watching the Tennessee game and thinking, this team's not a Super Bowl team. Like, this is me being real. Like, yep. what did you think at that point in the season? You know, I thought when we left uh, the Green Bay game, really, after kind of that stretch, 
where it's like you you lose to Tennessee, yeah. um, you end up losing to Green Bay as well. You know, it's like Stafford was banged up that game. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, he's but he banged was, up. He's yeah. fighting through stuff. And I thought we really kind of, um, kind of somewhat circled the wagons and said, "All right, look, how, how like we got enough talent, we got enough ability. There, there's no reason why we can't be a Super Bowl football team, other than like how do we find the best way." for us to just kind of calm down and just play complimentary football. And, and that's literally was our only focus. Like when we went to the Jacksonville game, which is kind of the start of the streak, it was like, hey, how do we play complimentary football? Like how does the offense just make sure the defense is in a good spot and the defense makes sure we're in a good spot and teams find a way to just keep contributing and making some splash plays for us. Yeah. And let's, let's kind of, you know, if you go look at the Jacksonville tape, it's like we start playing some big linemen. We start playing some 13 and some 12, which we're always just an 11 team. And it's like just kind of hitting people in the face a little bit, saying, yeah. all right, let's just start smashing people a little bit, being physical, and just kind of like learn, like kind of get back to the basics of ball. Like, you know what, take care of the football and offense – play good defense and have really good sound special teams. And then let's let our talent do the, do all the rest for us. All the extra can come from that. And, and I thought that really settled us in. And then we kind of just built from there. And yeah. it's like, we almost like started over yeah. and said, all right, let's start building from this moment. Yeah. And you had to figure out what to do with Odell and Robert Woods was banged up. I felt like Sean did a lot of really good adjusting. I think oh, yeah. he's done a lot of really good adjusting over the last three, four years. When you look at it, you know, Todd Gurley not being a part of that offense, you know, some of the O-linemen that left, like you guys have had to adjust a lot of things and including in this year, hitting the curveball a few times. So I think the Sean McVay factor is huge. And um, for a guy that was on the cusp of, you know, losing another painful game to Kyle Shanahan, I know that matters to him, to now he's a world champion. What a swing of a couple of weeks. Talk about like, what he meant to you guys down the stretch. Like, what's his mindset at halftime? I can remember I had two head coaches in the Super Bowl, very different approaches, very different, like, mindsets. What has Sean McVay's mindset been, and was it any different for the second time? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I really thought the last, really, month, uh, month and a half of the season, just all throughout the playoffs, he had a tremendous attitude and mindset. Like, he just kind of knew – um, he had a really good football team and all he had to do was just be himself and just lead like he always does. And, and things were going to work themselves out. It's just almost like he had that constant resolve and attitude about it. And, and folk, I can remember the NFC championship at halftime. It's literally like, Hey, you're down three, you know, they're kind of being, you know, same kind of games kind of going the same way it's been going. What are you going to do to change it? Yeah. And it's like in the NFC championship, he literally just walked in there and he's like, Hey guys, listen, like I refuse to believe we're not winning this football game. Like, all, right. all I know is you guys are about to go out there and you're going to find a way to win this game. I refuse to believe any other result. And that's all you need to understand. And we just walked out. It was like almost this complete resolve that one way or another, who cares whether it's pretty – like, I feel like at times you can get caught up into, like, what does it look like? Like, yeah. hey, man, you know, I want the ball to look a certain way. And it's like, dude, when you start playing great football teams, yeah. it's by any means necessary. Yeah. Like, find a way to win. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the great ones do. And, uh, you don't, you know, I'm a golfer. I always say they only, they only look at the scorecard, right? right. And you can get a hole in one. If you shank it off the wall, you ain't got to tell anybody that. As long mm -hmm. as it went in. Mm -hmm. Hey, no, exactly. Yeah. And to me, that's what great football is about. When you play great teams, you find a way to win, whatever mm -hmm. that takes. And so I think that was kind of the attitude and mantra that we kind of developed going into Jacksonville is we're going to be a physical football team and we're going to win by whatever means necessary. 
And that kind of carried us on throughout, and we almost grew from it. I thought the San Fran game at the end of the season was something we actually became a better football team having gone through that game. I'm curious, did 17 games feel different than yeah, 16? Yeah, exactly, because you're one that would well, know. I, I boycotted it and got COVID. So I, 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 <laughs> no, that, well, that leads me to my next question. How many times did Andrew Whitworth practice in the, in the Super Bowl run? Uh, all right. In the playoffs in the Super Bowl run, I would go out every Thursday, which is mm. our padded day. Very noble. And of I you. do uh, individual and probably like the first 10, 15 snaps. So yeah. something like that. Let me call it a day. Oh, that's about all. it. So you must feel pretty good right now. I do. I feel great. Yeah. I mean, so feel, how are you willing so, to announce no, on this gonna, podcast that you're coming I'm back? I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh-huh. Are you willing to announce in this podcast that you're not sure yet? Uh, I am willing to say that uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So you've cut out nightshades. That's in the notes here, okay, which is just incredible. How have the last couple of days been for you? They've been unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, I, I can remember after the game uh, going, you know, spend some time with the team, obviously, and hanging out with everybody that's a part of it. And then we kind of have a little more intimate deal later where – you know, go to a deal with Stafford and Coop and their families and some other people that we kind of put together for most of our families that are in town and just hanging out there. And then, I mean, shoot, I think I got home at three thirty four in the morning, went straight to, uh, I think I did like good morning America's today show CBS, like all these things straight, no sleep, just a couple cups of coffee to sober up a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, ended up going and, and, uh, doing some other TV stuff throughout the day. And just kind of just went ahead and just wrote it out. Monday night was my first time going to sleep after the game. Uh, I hit it pretty hard. Yes. And uh, then today, you know, it's like a little ease in today. But yeah. uh, we'll be back to celebrating tomorrow when it's parade time. Yeah, no Stetson Bennett performance on the interview then. Uh, you you were you looked pretty sober and oh, good. You held it together. A lot of deep breaths. A lot, a lot of, of deep, deep, deep breaths. <laughs> Give me one thought on uh, Coach O'Connell now, head coach uh, o- O'Connell, right? He's the OC for, for you guys now. He's going to be the head coach in in Minnesota. I know he's a tall guy. I know he's my draft class. We're the same draft class. I don't know much else about him, dude. So tell me about what people can expect in, uh, in, in Minneapolis. Yeah, he's a great dude. You know, I, I think very similar, um, probably from my time being around him to, to Zach Taylor. I mean, I think they have similar, uh, what I would say like personalities and, and kind of, um, you know, one of those guys that's really sharp, going to be a guy the players love to be around, going to have like, kind of similar to Sean in the sense that he's going to be a real guy that's going to believe in, like, speaking life and positivity and energy into the building and doing things a certain way and, and big on culture and all of that. I mean, he, I think it's been uh, enjoyable for Matthew, for Stafford. You know, he's they've been together working together all season, and I know Matthew thinks a lot of him, and I think uh, I think Kevin will do a great job, man. He's, he's a detailed guy. He kind of helps us every week by putting in our packages to pick up all the different things defenses do and the third down, second and longs and stuff, and always commands the room really well. So I'll be interested to see how he does as a head coach. Um, I think he'll I think he'll do a great job. Andrew Whitworth has got a parade coming up, so he's got to get some rest. So I'll ask him just one or two uh, parade, most likelies, some likelies here. Most likely they take their shirt off during the parade. You can't say the entire defensive backfield. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, let's be honest. If I think if we can get one drink in Aaron Donald, that shirt. <laughs> and like, why not, dude? Instantly. I mean, and I would take it off just every day, just yeah. just to do it. But it's, it's incredible. You know, he's a modest guy. He's a nice guy. You know, he don't want to do that. But I, I bet you, if we can just get one one beer, one shot, just and 
it's coming off and that 99 chain's going to be hanging. He's yep. going to be Hulk flexing on everybody and it's going to be fantastic. How about uh, most likely to uh, to get tanked and just and just slur their words on local news? Uh, I mean, uh, it's probably Sean McVay. I mean, I, okay. I, I, <laughs> that's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And lo- most likely to give a Jason Kelsey type speech. Ooh, oh man. That's a good one. You know, I, well, you know, he doesn't drink, but he's definitely most likely is going to be Eric Weddle. I mean, that, that guy had missed a microphone in his lifetime. So. <laughs> it's okay. Weddle. He's going to be looking for the microphone. I can assure you that. Okay. And, uh, he's going to give it to us if he can. I promise. And you can confirm Eric Weddle re-retiring. Okay. Andrew Whitworth, we're not so sure, dude. He looked like he's got about another five years in him. So, Big Wit, congratulations, man, on everything so well-deserved. And great to see you again, man. Hey, appreciate it, brother. Y'all just save me a spot on that couch, all right? Dude, right anytime here. Kyle Long sat on this couch, so we can definitely, well, I don't know if we can definitely fit Whitworth, but <laughs> both of you big motherfuckers can come watch right. a game here. All right, buddy. All See right, ya. Yeah. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I got great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, 200 big ones. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. In New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? Make no, him. no. Your uh-uh. team, Sherman. Yeah, no. 40, 40 plus game winning drives. Oh, so he was really bad throughout his career for three and a half quarters? <laughs> He's uh, got a Super Bowl now. He's 10, 12 all time in passing touchdowns and yards. He's in, he, you know, is Eli a Hall of Famer? You've said no before. Of course he is. Oh, but he is. Yeah. I would argue that Stafford should definitely be in if Eli's going to be in. I'm with, yeah, I am with Sherm. Hall of Fame. It, it should be, um, but it's not. Joe Namath is in. Well, then, then quarterback is the one position that they judge differently than the other positions. I mean, like, sure, Matt Stafford, passing heavy era, a lot of bad teams. So, you know, he's catching up, but, how much better would he be? Somebody, Mike Sando, asked Richard Sherman this in, in on the, the you know in the replies. If they if he had your defense, how many Super Bowls do you think he'd have? Sherman was like, "Great question." Could, couldn't pass up an opportunity to be like, "Hey, great question. We were pretty fucking good." But that just goes to show you with the quarterback thing. I just feel like this is a very unique situation where he validated all those bad years. Prime Matt Stafford with a good defense gonna compete for a Super Bowl every year. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'd be mean, like they're three hundred and sixty two members. Yeah, it's not exactly like fucking Does your dad want to keep it's not exactly like being a, che- a justice or something. Maybe it should be. Maybe one in, one out policy. Ooh. That, that relegation. That big fella <sighs> knocks on your door. Hall of Fame. Mr. Relegate. Long, we're going to need that jacket. No, he doesn't do, he's not the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper is always like a little guy with an iPad. Somebody that you wouldn't like. Josh McDaniels type. Yeah, Josh McDaniels comes to your door. Yeah. 
Sorry. You got to go. Yeah. No, I hear you on the on the Eli part of it. Well, it's not just Eli. Like, I just know what the Hall of Fame has kind of boiled it down to um, for quarterbacks. And it's kind of been this sliding scale of fame, titles, and regular season numbers. And it's, it depending on who it is, it's more or less emphasized uh, when it comes to the, the winning and the Pro Bowls and the accolades. Like... I really like I get we should go off Pro Bowls. Like if a guy has six Pro Bowls, that probably means he was pretty fucking good. But you know, to tell me that Matt Stafford didn't go to Pro Bowls uh with regularity, I mean he's only been to one, I think, that that matters, it just doesn't because Mac Jones went to a Pro Bowl this year. Okay, like you're gonna tell me that Mac Jones, who probably end up with more Pro Bowls than Matt Stafford, if he plays this current level. Like if Matt Mac Jones played like Mac Jones this year for the rest of his career, made five six Pro Bowls, you're going to tell me he'd be your your surefire Hall of Famer over Matt Stafford? There are only 26 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame, according to the Hall of Fame. Same number as uh, uh, of of head coaches, 26 head coaches, 26 quarterbacks. Now there's only one quarterback on the field, 48 O linemen, 38 D linemen. We're slowly getting up to 362. Now, there were a few dual running back quarterbacks there for a while. If you're going to add the Sid Luckmans of like the, the world. Like the guys in the 30s. Yeah, you might get the number up closer to 30, but I thought that number would be higher, 26. Yeah, and listen. You're going to tell me Matt Stafford's one of 27? Judging by who they put in the Hall of Fame in the past, he's also... Um, he, he also had a great postseason. I mean, like the one run they went on. I'm not saying, listen, if I had a lean, I lean yes based on the context of the people that are in the Hall of Fame. I just look at some of the people that are in the Hall of Fame and I say, Matt Stafford's numbers are up there. I know that like it's a different era and I know he didn't have the Pro Bowls, but you know, like somebody said, like he played in Detroit, Richard, and Richard Sherman was like, yeah, well, Calvin Johnson went to the Pro Bowl all the time. I'm kind of like, well, yeah, name five Pro Bowlers outside Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford in that entire era in Detroit. Name them. People weren't going. So, you know, I don't think judging him on not going to the Pro Bowl is the way to do it. Uh, And not winning playoff games, well, he has now. And he threw for 1,100 yards and a bunch of touchdowns and big conversions and gutsy throws. He wasn't perfect, but he was really good. There are also 26 contributors in the Hall of Fame. Do you think I one day could be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame if we keep we keep at this long enough? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Can you can you by your 32nd birthday be first in in yards and like third in touchdowns and see that's what I'm saying like it's not as ridiculous as Richard Sherman made it sound to think Matt Stafford could be one day in the Hall of Fame. He's I, also 31, 32 years old. He's going to play another yeah, four or five yeah, yeah. years. Keep going. I'm just saying, of these uh, 26 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame, I've heard of uh, 26 of them. I think at, probably at one point they were the best quarterback in the league at that time. I don't think we can say that about Stafford. Not true. Not career. true. Joe Namath wasn't. Okay. Terry Bradshaw wasn't. Okay, maybe not Joe Namath. Joe no, no, Namath had keep... one one of his seasons, he had a one-to-four touchdown-to-interception ratio, and he played. He started in eight games. Troy Aikman wasn't the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, he was. 95. You think? Maybe he was. But he also had the weapons. He sure did. Matt Stafford's better than George Blanda. Nah, that's crazy talk. 
You I wanna, see what you're saying. Let's fantasy draft quarterbacks for next year. Stafford's going what? 11th? Uh, well, he's also... the Part of the point is like what might have been for me. Okay. Like it just justifies all the numbers before this year. The first chance he had. And let's not act like the Rams, although they had some really good team, uh, you know, players, were a super team. I mean, they had some really good free agent acquisitions, but they weren't Vegas best odds to go win this thing. I know he's racked up numbers. It just... It's never looked like... Oh my God! Look at how good he is, and especially in the Super Bowl. And I get it; he's older, and he was banged up. And I think that no look pass puts him in the hall. The of fame. no look pass was sick. It just he doesn't jump off the field as as hey, one of the best players on the field. That's fair, and I see that side of the argument. I just also know that a couple guys are in, and you take another four or five years of this guy's career. I don't think he needs to win another Super Bowl, but once you have the one Super Bowl, it unlocks the potential of your name being up in those rafters predicated on your stats. And now he has that one like unlocking factor. So we'll see where it goes in the next four or five years. I don't think it's as ridiculous as, as Sherm put it. Well, he's got Aaron Donald to thank for that. <laughs> well, he does. Richard Sherman has the entire Legion of Boom and, and a dominant front to thank for his enshrinement one day. Now into maybe a future Hall of Famer, Greg Gaines. I got Super Bowl champion, number 91, Greg Gaines on the other line here. I was asking Greg how he's feeling. He was saying he's sore. That was an incredibly physical playoff run, wasn't it? Which, which game was probably the biggest rock fight you guys were in? Definitely San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> they, give us a, they give us a tough time every time we play them, you know, and they're really good at the run game and Stopping them is always tough, so that was definitely, I think, the most physical game in the playoffs. What was the mindset going into that thing? Because, you know, we talk a lot as former players about who has the upper hand when a team has lost to a team twice, playing them the third time. Kind of that maybe it's a mental edge, maybe it's a scheme edge, but, like, something's up. And then, like, what yeah. goes into y'all's kind of game week? I know McVay was like, I'm not thinking about it, but as players, how much were you thinking about it? Well, I mean, dude, I feel like losing, like beating a team twice in one year is tough. Right. And I was like, all right, they beat us twice. There's no way in hell they're beating us a third time. It's just not possible. There's no way. And they didn't. So, I mean, as I like, because I've had to do it in college too. Like when you play a team the second time, they're pissed off. They really want to win. They have, like you said, like a little edge. And I think it's definitely, there's definitely an advantage there for sure. So I was glad we won when it counted. So you're sore, you're, you're, you're sore, you're tired. I don't know. We, we were going to set the – how many hours of sleep have you gotten? We were setting over under at nine and a half since it's been two nights. Since Dude, last the, night uh, I got some good sleep and about zero on Sunday night. Okay, so so I'm taking the, the – I'm going to take the yeah. – well, he told us it's probably the under. Well, what was last night? Last night could have been 12. Yeah. Well, last night was from uh, – I went to bed at nine o'clock until 7.30. Ooh, so. There it is. Damn, he knocked it out in one night. <laughs> there it is. But that's Over. true, though. You got to get that one night. It's usually the second night after the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I was so – dude, I, yesterday I was dying. I was like – I was sitting on my couch dying, and I looked at my phone, and I seen the AD at uh, Disneyland, and I was like, that sounds like <laughs> the worst thing in the world right now. <laughs> you know, he's such a nice guy in a lot of ways. <laughs> he's got a big heart. I'm pretty sure he found a way to dig deep and do Disneyland, but yeah, holy yeah, shit. Like, yeah, I had one hour of sleep. Oh, my uh, God. What was the party like afterwards, man? Oh, the party was awesome. It was, they had Gunna there and, like, Dioro. 
It was sweet. All man. guys making those. I don't. Is that like? <laughs> Yeah, like the baby, the baby, yeah, uh-huh. stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like that. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> Take the fans through, like, from the minute the Super Bowl ends, the craziness on the field, like your timeline of finding your family, changing oh, yeah. your hats, the beers. Like, talk to us about the first <laughs> four hours after the game. So, right when the game ended, obviously we all ran on the field, confetti's flying, uh, they're passing out hats and shirts. Uh, they do the Lombardi, like hand out the Lombardi. We all take pictures with it, hoisted it up, gave it a couple kisses. Did you kiss it? You kissed um, it. Yeah, of course. Did Even you, COVID, did you make, did, yeah. But well, did you look to the right and be like, who's this, who's the fucking guy who's kissing it right before me? <laughs> I did. It was my friend, Mike. I was like, damn, I got the sloppy seconds. Oh God. You got Mike <laughs> sloppy seconds. <laughs> but then, yeah, we all like everyone started like the family started coming out. Like we all got like a couple people that like, come on the field, so it was cool. My my dad and my wife came out there, got some pictures with them. Like they were meeting all the guys and stuff. And then we all went in the locker room. There was like a ton of cigars, beers. We all had the goggles on, throwing beer everywhere. It was sweet. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. media, like, social that, media. That first beer will have you on a little bit of a buzz there after a game. Oh like yeah. That. I think I only had like three in the locker room and I was buzzing already because you're so dehydrated and like <laughs> just <tired>. toasted. <laughs> and then the parade's coming up. So you got to now yeah. it's like a cycle That's of tomorrow. hydration. You got to start again in a day. Yeah, so it's my Pedialyte today. I'm Pedialyte. good to go. Yeah. We're going to do the parade tomorrow. I'm going straight to Vegas after. It's going to be uh, the party just does not stop. That's amazing. You were born in the year 1996. Had you heard of Dr. Dre? I have. I've heard of it. <laughs> that's okay. good. That's good. Right. What were you thinking when The Rock was yelling? That was one of my biggest questions, dude, because you got to wait so damn long to play in that football game, all oh the buildup, the whole thing, and then The Rock's out there in like a smedium just doing a wrestling <laughs> program promo for like three minutes. Dudes are out there standing at the 40-yard line trying to stay loose like it's Madden and the game is yep. paused. What are you thinking during that thing? Dude, this game was nuts. Like, just just waiting an extra week sucked. Like, I wanted to just get that game going yeah. the week right after, like, just get it done that Sunday. So, we had an extra week. And then, like, yeah, you had to stand in the field for, like, an extra half an hour before the game. They sang, like, four songs. Like, we just <laughs> <up> the- <laughs> it's just like, I just want to get this kickoff going. I was like, because you know how you have the butterflies, like, yeah. the first snap. Yeah. So you're just sitting there, like, nervous as hell, yep. waiting for this damn kickoff. And Can't I stay whatever. loose. Imagine being yeah, old. Stay warm. We're all, imagine, like, over there on the sidelines. Imagine being, imagine, imagine being Eric Weddle, who was fucking on the couch a month ago. He's, I mean, he's barely hanging on. He's like, just get me through this Super Bowl. He's got to do plyometrics for 30 minutes while they sing those yeah, four songs. A recital that. breaks out. The recital of national anthems yeah. and God Bless America. <laughs> yeah, I'm only I'm only 25 and I was struggling out there. Those dudes are like, that dude Weddle's like 40. Yeah. What was that like when Weddle came back? I love E-Dub. He's a yeah. good dude. Great were, energy. Were guys shocked that he was able to do that? I don't know. Was he training his ass off being ready for yeah. a run? Well, he just, like he said, he was like, he played basketball a lot. Like yeah. he was playing basketball like every day. And like, he was like, you know, keeping up with his, keeping in shape. He was working out every day. Yeah. And obviously that shit worked. I mean, un- uh, unbelievable. He played pretty well. He played really well for us. So I'm, we were so glad to have him. No, he was awesome playing out there with a torn pack late in that game. And then you, Platon screws, Platon eight screws in your yeah. hand before we, that yeah, right sucks, here. man. Yeah. Let me see that paw, dude. 
How, how did that feel the first time you roll that thing out there? Eight screws in a plate. Terrible. Because I got it. I got surgery done like Monday night, right after the game on the 26th. Then we had the, and of course it was like a super physical game. We was going to play the Baltimore Ravens. Oh yeah. In and Baltimore. I still like, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to play or not. Like they said I could, as long as I can handle the pain. And I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. Like we had to cast it up. I really didn't even use it that much that game. I was playing with one hand. Like it hurt really bad. And then like, I got a, like on one play, Taylor Rapp put his whole, like I had my hand on somebody yep. making a tackle and T-Rap put his forehead right into it. Full force, just right on my hand five days after surgery. Friendly fire. That's how it, that's always the thing that hurts the most. Taylor Rapp now married, right? Or engaged, engaged. engaged. Yeah. We, I don't want to skip the engagement part, <laughs> but, uh, did you guys know that he was considering doing that after the game? Yeah, He told us like, uh, I think he showed us the, he was showing us the ring at breakfast before the Super Bowl. Like we were eating our pregame meal. He like had it in his pocket and he was showing us at the table. And I actually found Danny for him. I was like, because I, I was looking for my wife and I saw her and I was like, T Rap, she's over here. Oh, that's amazing. He's the he's the John Stockton to that engagement. Yeah. But what if you had lost? Yeah, what uh, did he have a he probably didn't he, then they might not ever get married. Wow. Yeah, they would have never gotten married. So that's crazy, dude. I mean that love was on the line. Love was on the line for T-Rap. All right, so talk to me about this because I thought you guys had, everybody thought you had a really big, you know, mismatch with these guys. I mean, it was no secret. They were giving up a lot of sacks. You watch a Kansas City game, they did a little better job, but you guys do yeah. such a good job pressuring with four. Some of the games you guys run, you, you've set up Floyd on a sack. What are you thinking in the first half when, you know, the numbers aren't there yet? Is it just a stay patient thing and then the second yeah, half so, kind of the, like, the gate you know, breaks open and the floodwaters well, coming. We, we knew it was going to be like that because just because we knew like they couldn't handle what we brought. So we knew they were going to be, everything was going to be quick game. We weren't going to have any time to get to them. Right. Like I remember looking at the, they had, like some stats up on the scoreboard and they were showing like how much time the quarterback has to throw. He was at like 1.87 seconds on average time to throw. Yeah. We were like, we were getting there. We were getting good pressure. He just, we had to wait to that point in the game where he has to drop back and he has to sit there and read and, he has to make those decisions, and that's when sacks start coming. Do you feel like playing with Aaron is actually a benefit in, in pass rush? Because I used to observe that, yeah, it's nice playing with Aaron, but then the, the clock is going to speed up a lot of times. Like People are going to be so terrified of him that the ball is going to come out in two seconds yeah, or less. That's that's true. That's <laughs> He's like, point. that's true, but on the other hand, you're playing next it, to Aaron Donald. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, going coming from college and stuff, I always got like I was the guy that got all the double teams. So now I right. get one on ones, which is cool, and it's something I never really got to do. So I mean, it's it's really fun playing next to him. I would I wouldn't trade it for the world for sure. You know, when somebody like pokes Aaron in the face mask after the play, or like gets the last oh, shove, yeah. are you guys all just like, "Hey, dude, why are you doing that?" Yeah, it's like, what do you? Let's look for, what just went through your head right now? Yeah, because I will toss you across the field. <laughs> you do not want to see him upset. That's the last guy I'd pick a fight with for sure. I mean, uh, in '67 or '66 or whoever was was pushing him by the sideline, and I was like, okay, now they're fucked. You guys are both listed at six foot one. Are you the exact same height? Ooh, I'm definitely taller than Aaron Donald. But then in writing, Aaron. And are you are you north of six one, or is is the six one generous for Aaron? Six one's generous for Aaron. <laughs> The six one official at the combine six one point zero one. Wow! 
Nice. Made, I was so excited when they said that. <laughs> you get that extra little a it's little the game of hell hundreds yeah. of inches. So what so so talk to me about that last possession. You guys are about to just you know, Aaron gets that basically wins the game and on third down another great run stop by you guys as well. What yeah. what's being said in that in that huddle before you guys go out there? Dude, we were just like this is like like the offense did what they had to do. Like offense got it done. Like it's come down to us. And like, it's just, that's the way we, we like it. You know, like the game's in our hands right now. This is what we have to do. Like we could win this Super Bowl right here, right now. I mean, that's pretty much all we were thinking about. And what's the call, you know, on that fourth down, you know, effectively, what are you guys looking to get? Like Aaron wants to go line up on the right guard. He's well, going to line up so on the right one, guard. That last, you talking about that last play? Yeah. Yeah. That was like, it was like fourth and one. So we weren't super sure if they were going to pass or throw. Like we were in a regular flex front. So AD always goes to the three tech and I play yeah. the two I. And so it's just based off the tight end. Really. So, but during the game, if he's trying to get one-on-ones, does he generally kind of move around if it's a regular nickel yeah, situation? So like whatever side he, I'll just, I'll, I kind of wait for him and just like see which way he goes. If it's just a regular jet, like a rush, like we know it's passed. But usually he goes to the back. Yeah. Hoping that they'll slide away from the back once in a while. But I keep telling him, like, just go against the guy you want because they're going to slide to you either way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might as well. Every, it's funny. Every week in meetings, our coach is like, we're going to wait and see what they're going to do. If they slide to Aaron or not. And it's like, they're going to slide to Aaron. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. Just, come on. I don't but know. The funny what, yeah. was Tampa Bay, and that's the reason I think they lost, is they slid – they slid away. They kept their protection true. They stayed jet protection the whole time. No way. I had every. I had a double team every pass play in that game, and AD got the one on one every time. So that was pretty ballsy of them, and boy, did yeah. that turn out to bite them in the ass. How long did it feel like that ball was in the air before it hit the ground? I mean, after Joe Burrow flung it, where? What was your vantage point there? I was like literally two feet in front of it. Like the ball flew right past me to the left. And I was like, there better not be somebody over there. Like, I, he just literally spun around, didn't even know where he was looking, and tossed it. And luckily, man. it was nowhere near anyone. And we just immediately knew we won the game. We started screaming, celebrating, running around the field. It was awesome. So, repeating, what do you think is the, is the number one thing you got to worry about when it comes to repeating? Uh, I know you haven't done it before, but what do you anticipate is going to be the hardest thing? I, I mean, just having that target on your back, everyone's going to want to beat us. Everyone's going to bring their A game, so I mean that's that's definitely the toughest part about being a being a champ. No question. Everyone wants to take you down. Greg's got a baby boy not named Max. Were you tempted to bring a Max Gaines into Max this world? Max Gaines. Are you tempted if you have another boy to bring a Max Gaines into this world? Uh, no, I never even thought. <laughs> Good <of> idea. <laughs> never thought of it. Max Gaines. No. Max Gaines. <laughs> we're big. We're big bulk guys over here. <laughs> Hey, Greg Gaines, number 91, world champ. Greg, congrats on everything, man. You had a huge uh, huge role in that defense, and uh, and enjoy the party. Get some more sleep and get ready for that damn, that damn uh, parade, buddy. All right, thank you, man. It was awesome. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I got great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, 200 big ones. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan... 
1-800-270-7117. In New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. Got away from you a little bit there with the Max Gaines, huh? Didn't even cross his mind? That's mind-blowing. Guy's last name is Gaines. I wish y'all at home could have seen the kid's face. And he's and he's, and he's 6 one three. 15. He flexed at the camera talking about his height. I don't... So he likes he likes gains, obviously. Well, when we learn here in about nine months when, when Mr. and Mrs. Greg Gaines are having a little boy named Max, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have him back on the show. Max Gaines. Um, your last name is Gaines. What are you naming your kid? Big. Big Gaines. Making Gaines. Making games. Shit, you idiot. That's boy number three. Yeah. Max and making gains. Max Make- Gaines was born September twenty first, eighteen ninety four. He was a pioneering figure in the creation of the modern comic book. Hell yeah. Thank you for that, cowboy. Making Max Gaines. Full name. That's better than making plays. Definitely. Making Max Gaines. Yeah, making Max Gaines. All right, so we're done with the football stuff. This is a look ahead to what the uh, the great unknown is, the, the offseason. Now, I know you floated. You want to take some time off, but the show must go on, and that means we've got to talk about bullshit. So what are we going to talk about now, guys? Most people hear offseason and they think vacation, relaxation, less work. Here, more work because we don't have the built-in content that is the National Football League. We'll roll some mailbag here. This is from at co underscore mo underscore Joe. Assuming there's a gladiator-style death match between you two with gladiator-style weapons, how many Makins can Chris take at once? What are the weapons here? A ball on Dope a stick. Dope swords. Yeah, like uh, maces. Maces. Yeah, ma- the, like the things that hang on the chain. Yeah, that's, that's right. a mace. Like a bunch like, of it's different. Got a, it's like a nah, three foot long cowboy. stick. Mace is something you spray in somebody's eyes. So sometimes so not, there's not multiple like a, meanings. Yeah, not for like one, one of those. Yeah, it's a homonym. <laughs> okay. I don't know that it's a homonym. I don't think so either. As soon as I said it. They don't sound the same. I know. Well, they do sound the same. Yeah, they are homonyms. (laughs) Motherfucker. Okay, all right. Didn't realize it was an English 702 here. Yeah. Galaxy brain. Huh? But the answer is seven. Hey, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what homonym? Can I say a couple homonyms? Sure. Okay. Stare and stare. Seven is the answer. Seven to me? Yeah, I think Before, probably. Like number eight gets you? No, is it all at the same time? Yeah. All at the same time. You You're know what, one though? Big like, gladiator honestly, ring. with some of those gladiator um, instruments can kill you. I've seen it happen. Silver screen. Maybe it's two. Might be two. Honestly, I don't want to get like, yeah, I mean, I, I got to be careful about while I'm body slamming you, could the other Macon fillet me with a fucking mace? Right. Yeah, if so I'm going to be in a fight, it's going to be a blindside sort of deal, yeah, sucker punch. I think it's two. I'm going to... Two. Yeah. If my family depended on it, if my wife depended on it, my lovely wife depended on it, maybe seven. For sport, two. For love, 
just to clarify, you're saying you could handle the two or the two would get you? Probably I could handle the two. That's the maximum amount of medieval makings. Okay. I agree with that answer. I family think the third family on the line seven. My family on the line, the same number as my first answer because my family is my life. Would you rather go back to your freshman year of college knowing everything you know now, all your memories, everything that will happen between your freshman year and now, or lose all your memories from the last two years and stay where you are now? What? <laughs> so we know the script for every day in college and we just can't, we can't get out Can of it? Can we change it? Yeah, you no, it goes back to the first day in college. You know everything that's gonna happen. You can take a you know divergent path. Oh, take a second oh easy! Hell yeah! I'm playing a little less good. Yeah, I'm gonna go out there and fucking miss a few sacks. Fall to the middle of the first. <laughs> that's funny. You yeah, know? of course. Send me back. I'm just gonna stay home every night in college because. I'd probably drink a lot less, go out a lot less, because I, I know I'd find the woman of my dreams, you know, in mm-hmm. that, uh, what was the class we met in? But yeah, I, I, if I knew that, that Meg and I were going to get married, I, I would have just stayed in. No yeah, need but to you go can, out. You can, you can change things here. I wouldn't change scenario, anything. Nor would I. I, 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 I <laughs> what do you already, mean you can change things here? I would have already met my lovely wife, it, uh, our, 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 our chance encounter being in middle school. What was the other uh, alternative? You it was just, forget your mind gets all erased? memories from the last two years. The last, oh, like pandemic. Right. Is that what they're saying? Exactly. Yeah, so that would be my marriage. Can we go back? My kid. Oh, God damn, dude. I'm probably going to go with the college option. Yeah. Another reader asked, like, or another listener asked, what would you tell your younger self a la the LeBron crypto commercial? Well, hold on a second, Reed. I'm almost going option two except for the fact that um, – how about these playoffs? We talked about that earlier. Playoffs. I don't want to miss that. Yeah. Super Bowl. LeBron. Sucked. Oh, you know what's funny about um, the LeBron younger self commercial? Players Tribune did a did an entire media hub on that bit. Did, do you remember that? Like every article on Players Tribune was a letter to the player's younger self. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron's do, been doing the To My Younger Self for a while now. IG, Twitter. He stole that from Jeter. He stole it from Jeter. That was Jeter's baby. I, you know what I would tell myself? What? After that fateful day when I was told that I was going bald at 17, yeah. I would say, it's all right. It'll be there when you're 35, enough of it at least, and stop worrying so much. Yeah, your head looks good, dude. Thanks. What's the most popular or premium kitchen or bathroom feature in which you have no personal interest name some so most popular among other people uh like your kitchen faucet yeah this is about the bidet this guy sent it in inspired by the bidet conversation we'll do faucet there's um the ice water dispenser on your refrigerator refrigerator mini refrigerator wine cool refrigerator (laughs) Wine, wine dishwasher, wine. wine cool refrigerator. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, a uh, wine cooler. No need. Bought a house with one. Took it out. Bang a rang. Uh, Here's another. Kitchen. The bench in that shower. No, you know what? What happens though? if someone? Are you sitting on that bench? 
No, but sometimes if I'm really just fucking stressed out, I'll sit on the ground in the shower, no problem. Yeah, on the ground. You That's ever sit different. on the ground in the shower, bro? Not a lot of real estate in my when you shower. Have, when you have a bad day, bro, try yeah. it. If you have the room in your shower, sit on the ground in your shower. Okay. Just sit. For how long? Fucking until your wife walks in and she asks if you're okay. I'm just sitting on there. I'm just taking like a fucking break. Ballpark how long? Yeah, I've done seventeen minutes. Oh, <laughs> and it doesn't feel good as a, a water, water boy's conservationist founder. over here. Yeah, but you know, I've had a you know, like sometimes sometimes you need a, a moment or seventeen. You know what? I worry more about the almond milk in my fridge than the seventeen minute ground showers. Yeah, heard about that. Kitchen appliances. I don't use the microwave. I use the microwave a lot. It probably is giving us cancer. Probably. So Do is, you have so a, is, uh, one so of those the, toaster ovens instead? No, I, but I have the oven. How about this? I got this blue. To, I, got this, I got this aura ring. Finally made it jammed it on my pinky. Uh, it's good for your health, right? It's also Bluetooth activated. So give me cancer at night, but also helping me sleep more. Yeah scale don't need one. Oh, kind of like speed limit i don't need to see a speed limit posted i go with the flow i go with how the road feels just like i don't need a scale right now for instance i've it's i out of shape need to get in shape vanities i'd like to one day transition away from vanities which part of the vanity the whole thing the entire thing yeah i would okay I, the vanities are what's wrong with society it's the first thing we do when we wake up and that's why they call it a vanity man we might need to yeah we might need to <laughs> hold uh, on a second you wake up in the morning first thing you do after you check your phone is you walk in and you look at yourself mm -hmm. in your vanity mm -hmm. a lot of body image problems a lot of shame from the night before for a lot of people a lot of like am i am i getting older get rid of vanities little fucking school desk with your with a cup and your <laughs> that's it and, and there's the essentials a sink, a sink too no you fucking brush your teeth in the shower dude wow live simple okay what if a bunch I, of people with patagonia gear live simple what if i could just repackage the uh hard cut what if i could just repackage the the, the name maybe it's a terminology issue it's I not vanity so. take the mirror off the vanity it's manity manity yeah one of my favorite animals. Yeah. Yeah. Cattle of the sea is what they call them. You might not like them. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, vanity's got to go. If you made a plan to fake your own death with a 100% success rate, what's the plan? What would you do after? When or how would you go about telling your families? Eaten by a shark. Overdose would, on drugs. What, a little too realistic for you guys, or what? Where's the, body, Addicts. Where's the body? Oh, we'll just give him... Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to OD on drugs. We'll just, we'll just take drug Pete, in Pete Davidson's body. We'll kill him. Be like, that's Macon. Okay. Then first thing I'm doing is attending my own funeral. I want to hear what, what the people <laughs> exactly. have to say. Hey, shout out to, to LD. Yeah. Uh, who actually wanted... It wasn't LD. LD didn't Albert like Brooks, the... Albert Brooks wanted yeah. the fake funeral. Would you, what disguise would you wear to, to your funeral? Or would you wear a disguise? 
No, I'd be uh, I'd be up in the rafters, making like Tom Sawyer or something, Huck Finn, some shit like that. No, no. Here's what I would do. I, here's what I would do. Chris Long discovers he has a twin brother all along. Okay, build up. I'm, you know, we're flying him in to Charlottesville right now. We're gonna do a big press conference. <laughs> I die on the way to the press conference. Oh dear. And then it's your twin. Yeah. What's his name? Grant. <laughs> Grant Long. Why was there a press conference in the first place? <laughs> it's a big deal, podcaster. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a, a long lost twin that we thought was dead. Faking my own death. That would fucking actually work, dude. Think don't, about that. Don't you just don't you take your car and you just put it over a canyon into a canyon over a cliff and into a canyon yeah i would feed bradley martin to a great white shark that was chris long i would pretend to save people from a burning building but actually just sneak out the back oh that's smart that's really smart oh that's good you should set the fire too (laughs) well what you're just gonna happen upon a burning building i mean you gotta fake your own death Yep, exactly. Set the building on fire. What building? Studio J. (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey, hold on. I'm going to go literally uh, build a well. Provide clean water to thousands. And then I'll fall down the well in the the construction of it. You don't have to. You want to arrange this? (laughs) I know a guy. No, I don't want to actually die. Okay. You know, I have a lot of responsibilities. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So I read an article today in the New York Times that said over the last two years, vehicle crashes have been surging. So like a lot more automobile accidents. Why do you guys think that might be? Phones. People are looking at their phones. That's probably it. Any other brain busters? Well, yeah, that's the minus 600. I'm looking for the, the tough conspiratorial angle here. What else could it be? Because we've had phones for... The article cites like maybe people are angry during this time. Impatient. Mm-hmm. I've got nowhere to go. i got to get there so fast. Drunk on drugs. Logan Trey Nueve asks, what is the realest sport that Macon could defeat Chris at consistently? Tennis. Answers tennis. Tennis. I would beat you in chess. Like I think I could, I would beat you in like horse, but you're a more effective basketball so player. So we need to do a free throw contest. Than I, yeah, sure. Any, okay. any time, anywhere. Tennis, tennis will be the answer. I didn't know you were a chess guy. I'm not, but I could beat him in chess. The queen can move in any direction. That's right. The rook does a fucking L. You want to take the my pawns? Cool. Goes diagonally. I, don't, I don't need them. You know. Yeah, the the king, king me. No, the rook actually doesn't. The horse is that the horse is the horse. The rook, yeah, the rook is the castle. The castle goes in a straight line. It's just test, it's testing to see if you know what the fuck you're talking about out there in the squares. Yeah, I do. Bobby Fisher, bad guy, good chess player. Queen's Gambit, watch all of it. I see a chessboard on the ceiling anytime I look at the ceiling. People play chess by the water in parks. Old people do it oftentimes. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's enough. It's enough of this.
We'll, we'll catch you next podcast. Take care. Oh, 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 oh.